0: Welcome to the Highway Safety Podcast, and first, we are going to talk a little bit about you, and then we will talk a little bit about the program, which is our uh, subject today, the teen driver and the teen driver simulator. Why don't you uh, tell us a little bit about who you are and who you work for and what you do in your position?
1: Okay. I am the Trauma Prevention Coordinator for Lehigh Valley Health Network. I am located out of the Cedar Crest site, which is our level one adult trauma center and our level two pediatric trauma center. And my role is to go into the community and do injury prevention programs. So I'm a health educator for the network uh, trying to prevent traumas.
0: And we worked together uh, over several years with your uh, prior jobs with the injury per, PA Injury Prevention Project. And um, so we worked in outreach uh, many places, but recently we worked a lot because of these driving simulators, which have become in schools and businesses. So um, why don't you tell us a little bit about how you came about getting these driving simulators and a little bit about um, the simulators themselves?
1: Sure. So, Lehigh Valley Health Network has a bunch of driving simulators that replicate driving distracted and driving impaired. So it, it all started back around 2009, and we were looking at reducing teenage driver crashes. Um, and we start I started looking for possible the simulators. Use of simulators in a school-based program there were some simulator programs out there already uh, one would travel to the schools in a big trailer and um, you would bring a classroom in and the kids would sit around in the trailer and one person would drive and it, it was a pretty expensive program for the school district and then you'd have to you know pay for the driver to drive them the trailer out there and possibly put them up in a hotel or buy meals and another program was uh, something they'd set up in the gymnasium with lots of equipment and uh, it it was just really really expensive we're we're talking over four thousand dollars well that's not very realistic in terms of of schools and school budgets so we were looking for something that was portable that we could take into the schools that would, you know, show the distractor impaired driving and something that we could do for free. You know, we looked at the teenage driving population at the time, which hasn't changed much even by today's standards. Teenagers, when it comes to distracted driving and and crashes, they certainly lead the path compared to, you know, other drivers. And, and even so, we still have teenagers that are drinking and driving that aren't, aren't even illegal to be drinking, let alone, you know, that they are drinking and driving. So we wanted to come up with a program that we could offer for free to the schools and show the kids the dangers and consequences of going out behind the wheel, being distracted or driving impaired.
0: Right, and according to PennDOT, uh, vehicle crashes are the leading cause of death among 16 to 24 year olds, and a, a lot of these key contributors, d- despite you know, of course, the fact that they're new drivers, but they tend to you know have distractions like you, um, they're driving too fast for conditions. They don't wear their. All of them are drinking and driving, speeding, so. Um, Said, it really hasn't changed much as far as statistics that, that driving um, a teen driver is uh, more likely to die in a crash than, you know, doing drugs or anything like that. So it is an issue um, that at least Pennsylvania is dealing with right now.
1: Right. And one of the things that, that jumps out if we really look at Pennsylvania crash facts is that. Most of the time when we look at crashes uh, by conditions, they're during the dry period uh, where there's no no adverse weather conditions and the road surfaces are dry. So it's not like, oh, well, there was a a snowstorm or it was pouring rain and, you know, it, it really contributed to the factor. Which, which does in in lots of cases, however when when it's a beautiful sunny day and there's the road surfaces are dry, uh, you know they're looking at speeding and hitting fixed objects
0: right, right, and back in um, two thousand and eleven, they did change the teen driver law um, which um, added more hours, um, more nighttime hours sixty five hours of training 10 must be at night five must be in bed, and then for your junior license um you you know you can't drive 11 at night 5 a.m for the first six months no more than one passenger under the age of 18 in your car unless they're immediate family um and then after those six months you can have up to three passengers who are under the age of 18 um however if you are involved in a crash um, or convicted of a driving violation, the passenger restriction goes back to one, and so on. So there are a lot of um, newer uh, changes to the teen driver law uh, that came out a few years ago. And um, and the most important is that anybody under the age of eighteen must wear a seatbelt. Drivers and occupants must wear a seatbelt under the age of eighteen, and that.
1: Right. They they were always required to wear a seatbelt, but they made it a primary law, meaning that they the police department can pull over these teen drivers if they see them unbuckled. They don't need a another reason like they would an adult like you and I to pull us over and then write us the first ticket and then the second ticket for the seatbelt. So they can actually just look for teenagers not buckled up and pull them over.
0: Right. And because um they were finding that, you know, and when we go to uh, driving uh, programs in the driver simulator, you know, a lot of these uh, teen drivers think that they're safest sitting in the back seat of a car without a seatbelt because they feel that, oh, I'm in the back seat, I'm safer. Um, and obviously, that's not the case. You can get ejected from anywhere in the car if you're not wearing your seatbelt, front or back seat. So, like you said, now they could get pulled over just for not wearing their seatbelt.
1: That's so, correct.
0: Yeah. So um, let's talk a little bit about if I was a student and I sat down at the simulators, um, Could we talk us through a little bit about, you know, what happens first? Uh, what are some things that happen, you know, while um, I'm driving the simulator?
1: Sure. Well, as I mentioned, we have multiple simulators so, depending on the school that we go to, we could bring anywhere between three and five driving simulators, and we have an adult there with them. So it's it's myself who always brings the simulators. But when I'm in different communities, I incorporate different folks that are um, professionals in dealing with teen drivers, such as you and your Highway Safety Program in the Northeast, or the Pennsylvania State Place. So one of us is sitting at the table with that teenage driver. So the teenage driver will come to the simulator and we're gonna ask them to do a pre-survey. We used to ask just a few questions on the on the pre-survey, but we found that we needed to ask more questions. We, we asked basically seven questions, but we've increased the, the survey from seven questions to 13 questions. And the questions range anything from uh, naturally, male versus female, um, their age, if they're a licensed driver, or permit holder, non license But we wanna know if they've driven distracted or with somebody distracted, somebody impaired or with somebody impaired. But what we what we really made the change was that CFELT point which you alluded to do you wear a seatbelt when you're in the back seat of the car and do you wear a seat when you're in the front seat of the car so mm-hmm. once they finish
0: and these surveys yeah. sorry and these surveys are just so everybody knows is like obviously anonymous you know i mean you don't know you know there's no like you don't put your name you know like address none of that um, that's that
1: they're non-identifiable surveys. It's just, you know, some basic questions, and we're we're just trying to get truthful an- answers out of the students.
0: Right. Okay. Go ahead.
1: So once they're finished with the pre-survey, they begin to drive, and uh, depending on the program they choose, let's say the they're going to drive the distracted program. So they could either use. Uh, an electronic phone that pops up on the screen. So these are touchscreen simulators. and Or they could use their own cell phone, and they punch in a code, and the simulator will work back and forth with their cell phone like they're actually texting and driving. So there's a steering wheel, there's turn signals, there's a gas and brake, and they can you know, they're controlling their own destination when they're driving. We didn't build the simulators to have them fail. So if, if they crash in the simulator, that's on them. It wasn't because the simulator was rigged against them. Uh, so they'll, they'll drive, and as they're driving, there's consequences built into the simulator. So let's say they approach a stop sign, and they slow down for the stop sign and keep cruising through. Well, it's going to tell them they ran a stop sign. And the more violations that occur for them, they list them on the simulator, like speeding, running running a traffic signal, uh, swerving in traffic, and all these different things. So they start to add up. The idea is to get through the simulation with no red violations against you and make it to the very end and be successful. And hopefully the students aren't texting and driving along the way, but it just seems natural for a lot of times the students to just want to text and drive. And uh, then if they get into a crash, we have some videos built into the simulators where we used real life people. When we were looking to purchase the simulators, the manufacturer used a California um, network of people that were in the videos because the manufacturers in California. So they put in a California highway patrol person or a California judge or a California hospitals Medivac team. And that's what would pop up on the screen. But we personalized the simulators to be here, local, the Pennsylvania area. So they'll crash and maybe see a real pennsylvania state trooper in our simulation video who is talking to them or our lehigh valley health networks medevac team or um, a lehigh county commonwealth court judge that's sentencing them for their actions
0: right and you also have um uh somebody if you hit a pedestrian that's actually part of the simulation too. If you hit a pedestrian, you have a real life um, woman who I think whose sister was killed by a pedestrian, by We, a car. we, have,
1: we have a person that's giving a, an impact statement to the court system because that's what's allowed to happen in the court. If you're charged with a, a crime before the judge weighs sentence upon you, the victim's family is allowed to give an impact statement, so they're reading an impact statement as to uh, the the person that you hit in the simulation, what what they would give to the court, and then the judge will weigh their sentence.
0: Yeah, that, you know, a lot of the students, I mean, we've gone, you know, to, we've done this many times, you you've, obviously, we go to the schools, and there's giggling you know you you hear comments like well this is not really how it is to drive or you know this is not a video game that i play um but with all of that it is a learning tool it's a hands-on learning tool it's interactive i mean it's what kids need because it's different it's not like someone's you know standing in front showing a powerpoint it's interactive and um with having these real-life consequences at the end, even though a lot of the kids, you know, don't want to sit too long to see their consequence, it's important for them to see a real consequence. Like you said, that comes from Pennsylvania, Pennsylvania Court, PSP, and so forth. So, I mean, it, it is a really great learning tool um, for these uh, schools to have as far as with the teen driver.
1: And, and that's why there's professional people such as yourself, the state police sitting with the student, because we're there to answer questions. And we're also there to make sure that they don't treat the simulators as a video game, but it, it is a learning tool. And so let's say they're in a crash and they injure or kill their passenger and they go before the court system and the judge is imposing that sentence which they see in the video. You know, that is a real life sentence that would be imposed upon them. And I think many of the students are surprised that, wow, I could be sent to prison to a state correctional facility for up to seven years for this. So, I to know there's, there's consequences to driving distracted and driving impaired. Either they're going to injure themselves or somebody else in real life, they're going to kill themselves or somebody else in real life, or they're going to go to prison.
0: Right. And now when when this when it's over and they either completed or or they had consequences, there is a post survey. So you have your pre and your post survey. So what are you finding with the answers that these students are giving you uh, pre and post? What are you finding with these results?
1: Well, we're we're finding that a lot of students really don't drive, distracted. You know, Not every student that we think would pick up a telephone does pick up a telephone, and they may be driving with somebody that's distracted, which also includes their parents. Uh, or we find that the majority do not go out and drink and drive. They all know about drinking and driving, but they don't compare drinking and driving the same as driving distracted. You know, for years we've educated people: do not go out and drink and drive. Uh, we're we're still working on the distracted part. Right. But one of the right. one of the big things we find is the pre survey compared to the post survey for seatbelt usage. Most of the most of the uh, students post survey say that they'll wear, they'll wear their seatbelt. So we might have 75% of the students that say like they wear their seat belts in the vehicle, right? But post-survey, it, it jumps almost 10% to say like they plan to wear their seatbelt in the future.
0: Right. And that's great. And, and going back to what you're saying is exactly right. I mean, we had on the highway safety podcast a couple weeks ago we had our local safety advocate eileen miller whose son got killed by a distracted driver on and you know and that's exactly right is that I, you know we we've put in their head about you know drinking and driving don't drink don't do drugs you know and now there's so many more uh tools out there as far as uber and lyft to get you from point a to point b if you were you know drinking and you wanted to get home safely but distractions are just as deadly and you know and talking about texting and driving i mean they say one text is like driving with your eyes closed the length of a football field talking you know you could uh, be like it's like driving blind uh for for that length of time so we we do need to to push on You know, these everybody really, because not just teen drivers, it's, you know, uh, older drivers, it's the 40 year olds, the 30 year olds, I mean, with the, with the distractions, you know, and it's really hard to not look at that phone when you hear it go off in a text, or it's really hard not to, you know, pick up that phone when, you know, when it, when it rings. It's, you know, human nature now. You just want to pick it up and you think you can multitask and drive and, and, you know, and be on the phone and you can't do that.
1: That's, that's correct. A vehicle traveling, you know, at a speed of 55 miles per hour greater, even a slower speed, but you're traveling so many feet for per second, you know, in a in blink of an eye, in a matter of uh, a couple seconds, You've traveled a couple hundred yards, and just just that blink of an eye, you know, some somebody could you know swerve in front of you or whatever on the road, and you're in a crash.
0: Right, um, and also I want to talk about you're the driving simulators and you have, I mean, as far as I know, these are the only driving simulators in Pennsylvania that are like this. Am I correct? Or. On the, coast. The, <laughs> the,
1: the, the manufacturer sells the simulators as they are California based. We were the only company or say the hospital in the, in the country and to my knowledge, even still to today, that did their own filming and customized the simulators. So let's say another hospital purchased the, the same brand of simulator we have. Everything will show California. Our shows local, uh, Pennsylvania-based people. And and that's, that's one of the main things that we wanted because... If, if there's a student, he sees oh, I get pulled over by the California Highway Patrol or a California judge, you know, that doesn't, I don't think that really relates to the student as to, wow, that's a Pennsylvania State Trooper. And maybe for some students, like, oh, uh, you know, I, I know him. He, he's, you know, somebody that patrols the road or, you know, or he's a friend of my parent or, or whatever. But uh, students all know what Pennsylvania State Troopers look like.
0: Right, right. And you've also presented your program um, to uh, many people. I mean, I've had you speak at some of my uh, meetings and programs, but you've also uh, presented the program at, I think, Lifesavers?
1: I've I've presented some abstracts at Lifesavers for posters. That's correct. And, uh, I've, I've spoken at, uh, numerous different, um, things on the simulator project. Yes.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, it, it's, it's, it's a really interesting, um, way to get, uh, teen drivers involved with, um, knowing, you know, how difficult it is to drive, you know, impaired, to drive distracted, um in a way where, you know, like I said, you're not standing up in front of a classroom with a PowerPoint. It's very interactive, and a lot of people are interested in it, and um, it's just really a great great tool to use, and it's very popular, but I know that you only, you know, cover a certain area of Pennsylvania.
1: That's correct. I pretty much am allowed to go where the outreach of lehigh valley health network is right so i have to stay within our network coverage area
0: right and for those who were lucky enough to see the simulators or experience it because when we go to uh, high schools and colleges and so forth i mean we um i mean we've had you know school resource officers try them we've had police try them we've had teachers try them so i mean everybody really interested in seeing how these work and, you know, it, it, it really is, um, you know, a, a fun tool. And, you know, and I think when I started this, you know, helping you with the simulators, the big thing I found, especially up in my area in Luzerne County, is a lot of kids are either afraid to drive or they don't drive at all. And they're already 18, 19 years old.
1: Correct. And the simulators aren't meant to scare students we 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 want kids to learn how to drive but it's to show them that there are consequences to their decisions if they make a poor choice right exactly. so it's not you know to scare the students like i said right
0: right well and, and, and go
1: ahead and we as professionals like you yourself for when the state police are with us, or myself, we're there to answer questions for the students. They might have some technical questions about learning learning to drive, or uh, applying for their permit, or you know, they might not know if something's a violation that they they do when they're driving, and we we just clarify things, and we're there to help help the students.
0: Right. Yeah. So, I mean, it it is really, you know, it's a a good partnership with all the, you know, the local police um, that are in, you know, the in that area or the state police, uh, teachers, you know, driving instructors, highway safety professionals. So it's really a team effort. um, And, you know, and these are long days. these are days where, you know, you're setting up at, you know, 7 a.m., and you're there the entire day, and I mean, how many students, um, like, what's maybe the biggest amount of students that you ran through these simulators at a school? Uh,
1: Probably about 400,
0: 450. Right, so that's a lot of kids that are coming through, that are learning, and that doesn't even account for the kids who are maybe, um, didn't get a chance, but are looking at their friends um, doing these simulators. And so there is really learning all around. Even if you're not sitting at the simulators, you can watch, you know, your friends um, do them and, uh, and and see how, you know, the, the consequences go and, and everything like that. So it's really a win-win all around for, for the students at, at these schools.
1: That's totally correct. Not all schools are really big schools. They're the smaller schools that let's say MMI, for example, might have 120 or so students, you know, so there's an opportunity where they all get, we can get them all through in a day or, uh, you know, the average is probably like when I go to a school or we go to a school, there could be like 180 students anywhere between there and maybe 240 that participated that day. And it might be one or two classes per, per period all day long. Mm -hmm. You know, they might run the entire grade might be every sophomore gets to do this or every sophomore and junior class gets to do this. Whatever the school decides they want to do is what we'll, we'll work with.
0: Right. Right. And um, in closing, I like to thank you so much for coming on and talking about these teen driver simulators. They're very popular. They're a great tool. Um, You know, I know you know, we're in a, in a pandemic and the schools are trying to figure out their schedules, but I know that, you know, you know, you'll be out there as much as you can uh, educating the drivers um, in these schools on and not to drive impaired and distracted.
1: Well, thank you for having me this
0: morning. You're welcome and have a great weekend.
1: You too. Bye.